Ahoy! You're listening to Diffuse Tap with Kenny Estes and Isla Krem. Today we're joined by Ari Yu, Executive Director at US Blockchain Coalition. She'll be telling us all about how state legislation can drive crypto regulation forward, what opportunities exist in defining crypto rules at the state level, and the risks that come with state-level regulation for local crypto businesses. Enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody. Nice to see all of the familiar faces. Hopefully you met some new folks in the rooms. A lot of you are probably a little confused what the hell's going on. So here's what's on tap. Um, This is a weekly event. We do it at Wednesday, 10 a.m. Central, every week uh, for 180 weeks in a row. Actually, I don't even think we take off like Thanksgiving or Christmas. I don't think about it. Um, We do. We're going to talk briefly about Diffuse Tap, the event you're in right now, as well as Diffuse Funds, the company putting it on, which which I am the CEO and Isla is the COO. We're going to do a fireside chat with Mrs. Ari Yu for about 15 minutes. And then we're going to do two rounds of tap rooms, kind of like what you just did. Because this is largely networking. It's a chance for you to meet other alternative investors in groups of four, five, six, um, kind of rapid fire, almost eh, speed dating, if I can use that term. And then we do want you to learn a little bit, which is why we have folks like Miss Yu on to tell us interesting things. The next in-person version of this, think uh, more booze, fewer speakers, is December 6th in Beverly Hills. Mr. Craig Isaacson, who is here, and Robert Mowry who is not, will be hosting it. So if you're in that neck of the woods, uh, pop on down, check it out, see some people in uh, in an extra dimension there. Diffuse Funds is a fund platform. So we spin up alternative funds. The big push right now is our Diffuse Digital 30 or DD30 fund. It's an index fund, which is publicly listed. Uh, we're currently kind of raising and scaling and offering a profit share, the GP, for people who are early-ish investors. So if you're interested, uh, hit us up and we can give you more details. But that's enough about pitching from us. Now we get to the actual interesting bit, which is Miss Ari Yu. Ari, can you please unmute yourself? And tell the good folks a little bit about your background and what you're up to. Hello, everyone. Good morning. And uh, thank you, Kenny and Ayla, uh, for having me uh, with you. My name is Ari Yu. I am the executive director of the U.S. Blockchain Coalition. We are the only and premier um, organization in the United States that's focused at the state level. We're focused on policy coordination, analysis, and just overall education advocacy of this uh, emerging technology, digital innovation across United States. All right. Uh, concise. And it, it begs the obvious question, uh, state level. Why is yeah. that? Why are we doing that? Well, there's a there's a famous quote by Justice Brandeis. Uh, it says the uh, states are the best laboratories for democracy. And really, we really believe that it's a uh, we're very uh, states focused. Uh, we're all about uh, states rights, ultimately, maybe even like a little bit of federalist papers, Alexander Hamilton. But, uh, you know, the there's a lot of friction in the whole political po- system across the U.S., especially in Washington, D.C., and it's by design. And we're going to see a lot more of that friction as we head into 2024. And so, you know, if people are expecting a lot of regulation and regulatory clarity and a lot of movement and bills to be passed by Congress anytime now, it's it's not going to happen. So uh, the states are a lot more nimble. Uh, we're all about, you know, hyper-local communities coming together and every state is really different um, in how they operate and think about the business. Every state has their own special constitution as well. And so um, it allows us to innovate with the pace of uh, innovation, w- working side to side, shoulder to shoulder with innovators and entrepreneurs and investors. 
um, at a pace that, you know, the federal government just can't match. Okay, so the federal government's slow. The states are <laughs> fractured. Yeah. It's funny because you mentioned the Federalist Papers, and I, I was of the opinion that most of those ideas were chucked with the Civil War. But then yesterday, we have uh, some interesting developments in Ohio, which shows a, a rise of the, the state rights. So is there regulatory clarity at the state level? Because you said it wasn't there at the federal level. Um, does that exist today, or are we heading in that direction? I think it depends on how you want to argue it, but I think when it comes to money transmission laws, there are there is a lot of clarity and that ha- typically has been led by the states. I think there's a dual banking system in the United States. And so, you know, typically the states have led that path, whereas the federal government kind of leaves it to the states to uh, push on that front. Um, I think sorry, a lot of people dual are- dual banking system. Can you clarify what, what you mean by that? Not very coherently right now. Sorry, I, I got really distracted right here. Okay, uh, fair enough. So there's the state level legislation for like money transmitter licenses, which is why it's a pain in the butt for a lot of crypto exchanges to come in the U.S. because they have to go state by state. Is that kind of what you're touching on versus the, the federal licensing, which isn't quite there yet? Well, yes and no, uh, but generally, yeah. So the it, it you can yeah you can get your money transmission license through the state level, um, and there are different ways to do that, and there's fast tracks to get that. And you can also get it at the federal level, um, but it's a much more difficult process. And well, when we're talking about uh, regulatory clarity, I think we have a lot of precedent in the past around you know how regulators want to regulate, how they see this space, and uh, we, you know we have seen like how they looked at the whole internet uh, evolution. They, we've seen how they regulate fintech businesses, and so. I mean, at the end of the day, like if you're a business and you're thinking about setting up a business and tokenizing and playing in the digital asset field, if you do everything you can to document why you want to keep consumer space safe and you want to keep uh, investors safe, I think um, when you take it from that approach and a compliance and regulation first, acting like a fintech business, there is actually is a lot more clarity than um, one some might argue. Okay, so the clarity kind of exists, but at a, a state level, and it's more principles versus kind of legislation driven. Is that kind of the the point? That makes sense. Um, so, what are the biggest opportunities? Because you obviously focus at the state level. What are the biggest opportunities for states right now when it comes to crypto regulation? I think the biggest opportunity at the state level is working with um, entrepreneurs that are local in your state, and so it's um, because regulators and governments. Uh, policymakers, they're not necessarily tech savvy. They're not necessarily innovating, right? And so for them to guess at what is needed policy-wise or regulation-wise is kind of nonsensical, right? And um, innovators um, want the regulatory clarity so we know what we'll, um, what we're allowed to do and what we are not allowed to do. And so uh, at the state level, it really is about building public and private partnerships. You know, reach out to your state regulators and say, hey, you know, I would like to do this business. I think it has a lot of uh, legs. You know, how can we work together uh, shoulder to shoulder to make sure like, you know, you are, you're worried about consumer safety and um, taxes and things of that nature. How can we work together to allow me to innovate and help this business go, grow in this particular locale? And so we see a lot of that activity happening across the United States. Like Rhode Island is a big example. They've had their like special economic zone. They have um, a lot of um, different activities around that. We've seen it with, uh, let's see, like California, Texas. um, I mean, various states across the U.S., North Carolina. Um, And so they might do it as a work group. They might do it as um, a a sandbox bill. 
Um, but a lot of these types of activities um, really do indicate that the state is really thinking about how to not not overly burden businesses, and uh, they want they want businesses in their state. Okay, um, and and that's a good question. You mentioned a couple of the big states right now, so California, Texas. Like, what are the other big ones that where you're seeing a lot of crypto innovation? Um, in the U.S.? Probably the most active states, um, just looking at the data, because we recently released our report, is California, New York, Florida, and Texas. Um, but there are other states that have activity, like Georgia has a lot of activity, but maybe not a lot of investors. Um, I'm looking at my report here. We have a lot of high per capita investment in Nevada, Delaware, New Jersey, Wyoming, Utah. Um, there's a lot of activity in Tennessee regarding healthcare businesses, Nevada, again, with gaming, Maryland with a lot of government uh, use cases. Okay. That's actually a lot more states because I think California, Wyoming, Montana, and then that's kind of the end of my list. So it sounds like there's a lot more innovation uh, in other states, people getting on board with it. Scott had a good question here in the chat. A knock on the state-by-state approach is it's a pain in the ass for the entrepreneur, right? (laughs) Every time they want to expand into a new state, they got to figure it all out again. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, it is a pain in the ass uh, for the entrepreneur. But if you're going to be playing in fintech and um, in this space, it's going to be a pain in the ass no matter what, right? Like, you know, money transmission licenses. I mean, even expanding globally, like it's going to be a pain in the ass. And so if you do the hard work up front, uh, working with the states, um, you're going to have that moat naturally compared to your competitors or copycats. And so you can also look at it as an opportunity um, to excel. Also, we're going for a record on number of times saying pain in the ass on a podcast. So that's pretty good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it is going to be a pain. But if you're going in crypto and fintech, you're going to have to deal with that anyways, which also on the flip side presents an opportunity, right? Because if you're the one that wants to deal with the headache, then like, yeah, you can make a real business out of it. Uh, that kind of sounds like kind of the point you're making. Another risk right. for the state by state approach is the federal government can overrule it, right? They can just, if the state, if they don't like what the states are doing, they can just come in and Quash it. Um, and that presents a really big systemic risk to some of these crypto businesses. What do you thought about that? They could, but that's also going to be a loud pain in the ass. And does the federal government really want to upset their constituents? Um, you know, like, I, I don't think so. So um, by the way that the uh, the government has taken it right now, they, they have done regulation by enforcement, which means they've basically given up. They've, they've said, like, States, you need to figure this out because the, the federal government is not going to. And the federal government might maybe come in and uh, do something a little bit later in 2025, six, seven um, at earliest. But, you know, it's going to be up to the states to uh, figure out which way to go and learn and pick out those best practices. Interesting. I never heard that. And that makes a total sense. So your your position is that because they're doing regulation by enforcement and not by legislation, then that presents basically a power vacuum. And the only logical people to step into that would be the states. Right. And that's right, right now. Yeah, I um, I forget the uh, formal name for it. It was in a Coindesk desk article um, talking about um, because since 2000, what, 15, 16, 17, uh, the SEC, the FinCEN, all these different uh, agencies, three, four letter agencies have had the chance to provide regulatory clarity and more federal guidance. I mean, FinCEN has provided some um, federal guidance, right? And we have some definitions, but the kind of clarity that entrepreneurs and investors are looking for, we haven't gotten. And so that's definitely going to come from the state level and um, seeing which businesses thrive and succeed and where the consumers are excited. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. 
Uh, so assuming people here have drank the Kool-Aid, which is actually a terrible reference. I don't know why I just made that, but we did. <laughs> um, and they're on board with you. Who do they talk to? Like who, who actually at the state level, like what are the agencies? Like, do I, do I just call up my state rep and, and hope for the best, right? Like how, how would, how do you actually go about working if you're a crypto entrepreneur with the state regulators? I mean, we have um, feet on the ground. We, being the U.S. Blockchain Coalition, have uh, people in every single state across the United States. And so, you know, reach out to us. I can connect you to your local state champion. And every state is really different. So like here in Washington State, where I am, um, you can actually reach out directly to the regulator, the Department of Financial Institutions, and they have office hours and a special website and the Center for FinTech Information. And you know, as as a state person here, you know, we spent about three, four years building that relationship with the Department of Financial Institutions to get to that point. Not every state's going to have that. You know, and if you're like in Hawaii, it might be a little bit more of a hostile environment. So I wouldn't do that. I would reach out to uh, Katie out of Hawaii. So it really depends on the state and I can happily connect you. So just find me on, you know, blockcoalition.org or email me, Ari at blockcoalition.org. And I'm happy was, to connect that you. That was a good plug. I love that. That was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. It's great. Um, all right. So switching tacks a little bit. When we talked in our prep call, um, you kind of had an interesting opinion about how the crypto industry overall is positioning themselves versus the non-crypto industry. Um, in particular, I mean, you, you, I think antagonistic was the term you used. Um do you want to riff on that a little bit? Kind of what are your thoughts there? What can we do to improve that? Well, I think one of the great power that a lot of people see in this technology is that it's a, it's truly full stack. It's not just a protocol. There's a whole economic institution that's being embedded into protocols. But when you talk and look at the community, it's very siloed. There's like the diehard crypto people and there's the diehard Bitcoiners, which is separate from the crypto people. And there's a diehard protocol people. And then there's you know, the digital asset people that are very excited about NFTs and um, the like. And so I think what's really important is that um, we all kind of take a step back and realize that we're really building a digitally native future. Um, today, we have a digitally digital future that was kind of based off, you know, the requirements of an analog world, right? You know, you'd send mails this way. So let's just make an email program, but it doesn't have any of the digital protections that we could have using the technologies that we have, just even cryptography at, at a basics level. So it's a, it's just reminding folks that we're building a digitally native future and um, a lot of this sausage in the making that we're seeing right before our eyes is kind of part of the process. And uh, to not be a hater of one or another part of this space, it's kind of just embracing and I'm trying it and um, having conversations with people. And yes, maybe crypto may have a bad rap. Um, there have been a lot of bad actors and a lot of non-helpful media headlines. But remember, that's only like one part of the story. Like when I talk to a lot of the uh, state agencies, sometimes they'll give me a bunch of definitions. So I go, did you just Google this? And they'll go like, yeah, I mean, that's our main source of information <laughs> on these definitions and the use cases. And I'm like, well, you got to talk to the entrepreneurs because Google's only going to give you so much of the information. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing with anybody else that's new or um, even skeptical to this industry. Like go and talk to communities, go to events, go to conferences and 
you'll see so much more than what is being portrayed in the media and and Google. Totally right. Actually, in a former life, I was a high frequency trader, which did a very, very, very poor job of this. And to the point that we were the villains in a Michael Lewis book, right? Sort of thing. Um, but it is, you do need to get outside of your kind of in-tribes and, and expand and, and reach out and educate people because they're not they're not evil because they're not tech savvy, right? Like they're just not tech savvy, right? Or they're not into crypto and you need to, that, that's a huge piece. And I'm guessing a large chunk of what you're doing. You mentioned bad actors. Uh, SPF, I think probably would, would, uh, would fall in that category. So how do we feel about his recent uh, con- conviction? So good. Um, and I hope for, I think there's another trial coming up in March. And so I hope he's guilty on all of those five charges as well. And so, you know, my, my biased opinion is that I hope he ends up with the Bernie Madoff conviction with 150 years in jail. And, you know, his parents should also follow him there, too. And why is that? Why, why is that so important to you? I think, you know, for those in this industry, I think maybe as a royal we, we have a tendency to um, distrust institutions and government, the, the status quo. And so... If, you know, someone was able to get away with this, you know, using consumer funds as their own piggy bank and um, just gambling it away, uh, billions and billions of dollars and lying to people over and over and over and over again. And then, you know, he put millions and millions of dollars into policymaker hands, into politician hands, into, you know, buying football stadiums. If after that he is able to get off with, you know, 10 years in jail, prison, sorry, prison it'll just speak to you like how broken the system is. Right. And so um, for us to like regain even just a little bit of faith back into our institutions, it'll be really important that he pay the ultimate price for his just complete. I don't even know. I can't even call him incompetent because he's not an incompetent guy. He, he robbed uh, consumers and people and investors, and he needs to pay the price. And it, and it wasn't like a crypto scam. It was a bad human and the entire like leadership team there needs to be held responsible. I love it. We need an example set to get a little bit more credibility into a uh, well, repeatedly kicked industry. Maybe is how we can say that. But uh, we unfortunately are out of time for our fireside chat, although I'm sure we could go for quite some time longer. Uh, a couple housekeeping items for the tap rooms, which is where we're about to chuck you. Oh, Ari, before I forget, we always ask the same question in between tap rooms to you, which is to tell us the future, something or some concept, whatever, that you're excited about by that's coming down the pipe. Um, and as always, you get kudos, which means nothing uh, if it's something the audience hasn't heard about before. But some adequate things for the tap rooms, uh, networking, not pitching. Please be respectful of that and one another. We don't do a full participant list, so uh, for privacy reasons. So if you meet somebody, swap details then and there, or join the Telegram group, introduce yourself, get things going. Generally, the tap rooms go a bit like this. You introduce yourself for 30 seconds, and then you discuss the topic for mish 10 minutes. And Isla, what is that topic? I'll pop into rooms now with the topic of which state would you start a fintech in if you had the choice? Pop into rooms now, and we'll see you back here in 10 minutes. Welcome back. Um, you want to unmute yourself and tell us the future. What's coming down the pipe that you're excited by? You know, uh, I was just talking about this in my last group, so it might be like the idea of this healthcare use case, right? You know, today we get average healthcare. They treat the average person. It doesn't matter if I'm a middle-aged, you know, Asian lady with three kids. Um, I get an ailment. They're just going to be treating the average person, which I am not. 
um, in the future, you know, we'll have access to the data that they typically collect, you know, my blood work and my, you know, annual exams and my annual heart rate that they take, but they'll also have my health expression data, you know, like how many steps am I taking a day? These are the things that I eat. You know, this is, this is, you know, the activity that I do, um, I'm wearing my Apple watch, all this sensory data will be feeding into, and then we'll be able to use like artificial intelligence and crypto and tokens um, to kind of like build a much more customized um, like weekly or day-to-day um, healthcare plan for me. Um, and my doctor, instead of processing five to six, you know, human uh, variants at any time, um, they'll be able to rely on some sort of like, you know, interface with a digital something that processes, you know, hundreds of thousands of different variables to be able to give me the, uh, the best healthcare outcome for my situation. Sounds like a nice, sounds like a nice addition to the chat GPT store, right? Um, now I got to ask, is this in some way connected to soul bound tokens? Because it certainly sounds like an element of that. I mean, no, no. Okay. maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know what the technology implementation will look like in the future. Fair enough. Isla, did Aries great answer uh, fill enough time for you to rapidly shuffle people around? Yeah, shuffle is complete. All right. Bucky rooms now. And the question is, what could states do starting tomorrow uh, to support entrepreneurs that are trying to get into financial services or crypto uh, right now. I'll pop you into rooms and we'll see you back here just before the top of the hour. Hello again, all of you. All right, we're going to do a quick wrap up and get you out of here and on with your merry little days. Uh, up next, we said at the top, this is a weekly event. So come next Wednesday, 10 a.m. Central for a new topic, Energy Transition Investment blueprint um but that's a mouthful but very exciting because energy is desperately in need of a re-overhaul diffuse tap in person beverly hills hosted by mr isaacson hello craig and uh robert maury so if you're in that neck of the woods check it out telegram join the group links in the chat introduce yourself have a conversation good times good times airy Here's you. Um, do you want to unmute yourself and plug whatever you want to plug? I want to plug, get engaged. Um, you know, don't be an, this quiet bystander. Get engaged with your policy process, um, especially now as we're moving into so many different directions. Things are moving a lot more quickly. So get engaged, get to know your local policymakers, their staff, your local tech community, entrepreneurs. Um, just get connected in the community outside in human form, not just on Twitter and on Facebook and LinkedIn. Like go and get engaged with your communities because that's how we're going to make a difference and really make sure and ensure that the future that we want in the future is one that's going to be built. Even more important if you have children. I love it. Grassroots, mm-hmm. not just for the cannabis industry. And yes, that was a fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Ayla, any, uh, any, any topics I supposed to touch on? Yep. Uh, I think that is it. If you have any speakers to recommend, I'm all ears. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Ari, thank you for sharing some of your wisdom and what you're up to at the state level, blocking and tackling. Lord knows that's got to be a complex mess. So bless you for uh, for doing the hard work. Um, Thank you, everybody else, for coming out. And we'll see you in six days, 23 hours. Bye. That's all, folks. Hope you learned something new. If you join us on Zoom every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central, you can also network with other fascinating alternative investors from all over the world in small groups of four or five. Learn more on our website at www.diffusefunds.com. Until next time.